Hi, Nipi. Hi, Nipi. Hi, Nipi. Nagahini we have boy cabra carpanaja jay. We de e huanjuk wida jay. Greetings and good morning from the land of 11 nations, or as everyone else calls it, Wisconsin. I am doing fantastic, and I sincerely hope that everyone else is as well. But with so much going on in the world today, and it seems like there is always so much going on in the world today, and there really is. I was thinking that maybe, Koreske, we could spend a couple of minutes together and just shut out all the noise from the outside world and just focus on our little part of it. Talk about things that affect us directly, affect our families, our clans, and our nation. Now it's the height of folly to think that I have all the answers, let alone the questions. But I think it's important for us, the Ho-Chunk people, to have a place to gather a little electronic place, if you will. A place where we can all voice our opinions and share our ideas without fear of repercussions and ridicule. And this is why I want to thank everyone who spends a little bit of their valuable time listening to this podcast. Time being the second most precious gift our Creator has bestowed upon us, it is of the utmost importance that I provide you, the listening audience, with the highest quality entertainment that I can provide. One of the things that I enjoy is the dialogue that I have with you, the listeners. I really enjoy listening and reading the commentary that you listeners share with me. If it wasn't for your feedback, I'm just some fat old man standing in my backyard yelling into the darkness and shaking my pudgy little fist up at the moon. Ridiculous. And with my wife laughing as she tells me to get in the house before she calls the Wadukos. Sometimes the comments hurt, but I take it in the spirit that the comments were given. If I'm going to open up my pie hole and say things disrespectfully, I shouldn't be shocked when it comes back to me in the same manner. Which is why I try to refrain from attacking individuals and just try to attack institutions. I agree with some of the comments I receive, but other thoughts and comments trouble me. And this is where I have to work the hardest and accept the fact that other people see things from different places than I do. And it's my job to put myself in those places and look at issues from places I'm not comfortable with. Let's face it, a large part, a large percentage of the time, I could be wrong about an issue. And if no one challenges my viewpoint, I'm, don't, I'm doing no one any good. So please continue to contact the podcast with your thoughts and opinions. Honestly, we can disagree on how we arrive at a destination. And there can be over a thousand routes to get from here to there. The goal is for all of us to arrive at the end point safely and together. If you want to get in touch with me, ring me up if you have my number. I'm in my office diner 24-7. So if you call, chances are good I'll pick up the phone. Now if I don't, you got four options. You can hang up. Please, don't do that. You can leave a message and I'll get back to you ASAP, if not sooner. You can text me. I'll get the message and we'll go from there. Or you can call back later. Now, if you aren't comfortable on the phone you don't have my number, Fear not, fellow traveler. We can still make this happen. You can always email me. 
My email address is moneycucksick at gmail.com. That's M-A-N-I-K-A-K-S-I-K at gmail.com. I'm betting 1,000% when it comes to returning emails, so please email them if you can. The social media sites we frequent often. Number one is the Chipotle Facebook page. I post quite frequently, and you can leave a message on one of our posts or post something there yourself. I'll see it and get back to you. I like LinkedIn. I like LinkedIn. Something about the format puts the wind in my sails. X, formerly whatever it was, uh, it's troublesome. But if you can ignore the trolls and the garbage, there was still some quality content there, and I frequent it often. Not as much Wong Chuk content as I'd like, but I think that content is over at LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. The thing I'm kind of disappointed is in is TikTok. Now, there are some, well, well, more than some, but the quality of Wong Chuk content isn't what I thought it would be. I'll keep uh, looking at adding my own. There are some things on YouTube, but nothing to write home about. Well, quite a lot of excitement in the old neighborhood this week, eh? Well, let's not bury the lead. Representative Darren Brinegar was removed from the, the august body of the Ho-Chunk Nation's legislature by his fellow representatives. After a hearing conducted in executive session, a vote was taken in open session, and the final tally was 10-0-2 on his removal. The two abstentions were from Representative Shelby Byzantine and Kristen White Eagle. I'll read a statement that the legislator put out on the Ho-Chunk Legislative Branch Facebook page. It's as follows. District 3 Legislator Darren Brinegar was removed from office by the legislature, effective September 6, 2023. This action was taken by a resolution adopted by the legislature after a removal hearing on September 5, 2023. The hearing was conducted pursuant to Article 9, Section 3 of the Ho-Chunk Nation Constitution. The legislature removed Mr. Brinegar because it determined that he did not comply with the Ho-Chunk Nation Code of Ethics as it pertained to the receipt of an honorarium. The legislature found good cause for removal and adopted a removal resolution in open session. The removal of Mr. Brinegar creates a vacancy in a position of District 3 legislator. According to Section 9, no, excuse me, according to Article 9, Section 10A of the Constitution, the Ho-Chunk Nation Election Board would call for a special election in District 3 to fill the vacated seat, unquote. Now, what does, this, any of this, what, does, what does any of that mean if you aren't aware of the situation, what transpired, or what is alleged to have transpired? Now, this is information that I received um, a while ago, and we waited till after the removal process had taken place. And I'll just, um, this is the information I got, and I'll pass it along to you. And it'll, maybe it'll fill some holes. Dear Vice President Thundercloud, Representative Rave, Legislative Representative Smoke, and Legislative Aides, on June 14th, 2023, I received information from two different parties who prefer to remain anonymous about a possible code of ethics violations infraction regarding honorariums under the Ho-Chunk Nation Code of Ethics 2HCC Section 1, uh, Subsection 10, Gifts and Honorariums, Section E, a public official of the nation shall take either, one, only honorariums for participating in an extra governmental 
event, ceremony, or similar function, or two, this is kind of the meat of the situation here, only regular work pay slash salary, but not both simultaneously if the event occurred during work hours to avoid double payment by an organization and the tribe or an organization within the tribe. Next, on June 15, 2023, contact was made by the State of Wisconsin Intertribal Task Force. The State Tribal Affairs Program Manager, Christy Jackson, via email, to obtain further details. On June 27, 2023, this email response from Tribal Affairs Project Manager, Silas Peterson, was received. Quote, good afternoon. I have including meeting minutes where the Intertribal Task Force voted on stipends for the co-chairs. Co-chairs received eight months stipend each month of $400 with a total of $3,200 and travel was a total of $53.34.60. That was for attending conferences and meetings on behalf of the task force. Please let me know if you have any questions. Thank you. Silas Peterson, Tribal Affairs Project Manager. Although this information detail within the attached meeting minutes are very concerning at first glance, it is imperative that legislative representative Darren Brinegar be provided with the benefit of the doubt and an opportunity to, to justify this situation as this may all be a misunderstanding. This is my formal request for agenda time under new business. One, to discuss gifts and honorariums. Two, to also find further clarification, I will be making the following motion at the next District 1 Legislative Area Meeting. Motion by unnamed, unnamed person to have Legislative Legal Counsel provide a legal opinion and justification for the honorariums totaling $53.34.60 that were allegedly paid simultaneously with weekly salary, salary to Legislative Representative Darren Bringer, Brinegar and for this matter to be referred to the Ho-Chunk Nation Office of the President and the Department of Justice for an official Attorney General's opinion, and to have these opinions released to the public one week prior to the next District 1 Legislative Area Meeting. Similar motions were made at uh, three other area meetings. The three motions passed, while the motion made at District 1 Area Meeting was defeated. As there may be no harm or foul, it does seem necessary and deserving for Legislative Representative Darren Brinegar to be allowed an opportunity to exonerate himself from unfair public opinion. Continuing, these are the meeting minutes from the Wisconsin Department of Transportation's Intertribal Task Force for Thursday, March 10, 2022, teleconference, 8.30 a.m., in attendance are representatives from all 11 indigenous nations of Wisconsin. Meeting was called to order at 8.48. Invocation, there's a moment of silence. Approved agenda. Motion by the Menominee Review and approved meeting minutes from January 13, 2022. Oneida seconds, vote unanimous. Review action items. The ITTF elections. Darren Brinegar volunteers for chair. The vote was unanimous. Darren Brinegar nominates Marie Summers Oneida as co-chair. Marie Summers accepted. The vote was unanimous. 
Discussions on the current bylaws and motions made to amend the language to co-chairs. The vote was unanimous. A discussion led by Sandy Stankovich and confirmed by Todd Mulvey of the expectations of the chair position and the necessary meetings that will take place. Not only the ITTF planning and ITTF meetings, but also Wisconsin Tribal Conference and numerous planning meetings. The chair received a stipend to compensate for the time dedicated to the position. Motion by Sandy Stankovich to increase the monthly stipend honorariums to the co-chairs to $400 a month. Seconded by Todd Mulvey. Vote in favor. No opposed. Two abstained. Motion carries. Other business was conducted and the meeting was adjourned at 11.50. Now, as to any of this information being discussed at legislative representatives' hearings, only the people who attended the hearing in executive session know. Now, when this um, issue was brought up at the area meetings, Darren Brinegar stated that he was told he could accept that honorarium. Now, the questioner failed to ask, who told you it was okay? Was it the attorney general? Was it another legislator? Was it Sandy Stankovich of the Intertribal Task Force? Who told Mr. Brinegar accepting the honorarium was okay? That was never found out in open uh, at any of the area meetings, and we don't know if that was uh, brought up at the in the executive meeting. But Mr. Brinegar went into the meeting stating that he was innocent of the charges, and this could be a big reason because someone told him it was okay. But we'll never know. I don't remember hearing or reading about the Ho Chunk Nation's Attorney General weighing in with his opinion on this matter. Surely. A clarification on the Code of Ethics and what Legislative Representative Darren Brinegar was removed for would be in order. Where were the Attorney General's Office or the Department of Justice in this hearing? Once again, we asked for that uh, at the area meetings, but we never received that uh, opinion. I don't understand the law, but it's kind of weird that Mike Murphy would once again set the scene for the legislature in this hearing. But wasn't Legislative Representative Darren Brinegar basically Mike Murphy's boss? Shouldn't Mike Murphy have recused himself from the proceedings entirely? Like I said, I don't understand the law, so I don't understand why Mike Murphy is always the one leading the charge against uh, Ho-Chunks in these meetings. Um, When we have these hearings, uh, and you look at any hearing from um, county, uh, state, federal. Um, the only people talking are the people sitting on the boards. The attorneys or anything like that pass information to the elected officials. Now, I might be wrong. There's a lot of things I don't know about what's going on at the tribe, but I don't think Mr. Murphy is an elected official. So I don't understand why our elected officials allow him to do all the heavy lifting against the tribal members. But I'm not a, I'm not a legislator, so, you know, maybe they do things differently. But I just think the optics are terrible. Now, the statement from the legislature said that the legislature removed Mr. Brinegar because it determined that he did not comply with the Ho-Chunk Code of Ethics as it pertained to the receipt of an honorarium. The legislature found good cause for removal and adopted a removal resolution.
So nobody in the legislature knew what Legislative Representative Darren Bringer Brinegar was doing with the Intertribal Task Force. And all 12 of the other legislators were aghast and shocked when that letter was first communicated to the legislature. And the 12 other legislators were able to get to the bottom of the issue in a matter of a month or so and removed him with cause. Hmm. Anyways, so Legislative Brinegar was removed and basically suffers no penalties, right? As far as I know, Mr. Brinegar was removed from office but wasn't criminally charged with anything and as such hasn't been convicted of anything. Now, it's true and it's quite obvious that he's without gainful employment presently. But is he free to run for the vacant legislative seat in District 3 now? We all have to remember that Mr. Brinegar won handily in the last election. I believe he had 48% of the vote in the primary and 54% of the runoff. So if he chooses, but if he chooses not to run for the vacant legislative seat, can he find himself employed as a casino executive manager? I believe he has experience in this field of endeavor. Anyways, at the old Japanese curse goes, may you live in interesting times. And I think we're all living in interesting times. Quick little side note as far as I can find. The legislative body of the Ho-Chunk Nation has removed the legislature from a seat only once before. On March 24, 1985, the business committee in executive session voted 4-3 to three to remove Jesse Little George from its membership for neglect of duty, unexcused absence, and failure to attend three meetings in succession. On November 2, 1985, the Business Committee voted 5-2 to two to remove Jesse Little George for health reasons for the three charges already served upon him at the March 24, 1985 executive action against him. I think we were still WWBC at that time. Eh, just a little interesting bit of history. So that's twice now we've removed a legislature. I shouldn't say we. That's twice now the legislature has removed one of their own. Interesting history. Rakiriwira High Paint. Today, I'm lucky to have... Um, one of the people running for office for uh, District uh, 3, C3, uh, Lambert Cleveland Jr. from Wisconsin Rapids. Afternoon, sir. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Well, we have a special election underway, and um, you're the first person I grabbed. Uh, as far as I know, you're the first person who um, jumped in the race. So I thought we'd kind of just uh, get to know you and see what you're about. And um, you ready? Yeah, let's, let's do this. All righty. So um, first off, can you uh, give us a little background? Tell us a little bit about yourself, your uh, your family, your education, um, work, what, what, whatever you feel comfortable sharing. floor is yours for a couple minutes. Okay. Um, my father's Lambert Cleveland Sr. Um, my choker would be Albert Cleveland Gog would be Nina Green Deer, Cleveland. Um, my mother is Lori Houghton. Uh, Machoka would be John Houghton Sr. 
and my guy would be Gwendolyn Pigeon Houghton. Um, I am. I have a daughter. Um, two sisters. Other than that, uh, you know, on my family side, that's that's pretty much it. Um, education. I graduated from Nakusa High School uh, in 2002. Uh, wow, that's been a long time. <laughs> um, no college. Uh, special training. I was a first responder for like 15 years. Um, that was mainly for uh, work at the casino. Um, I worked uh, at the casino for over 20 years in the security department. Um I've been a supervisor there for 18 of those 20 years. Wow. So, long time. Um, well, let me interject. Uh, how old are you? I'm 39. Wow, you sound like a young guy. Okay, well, maybe 39 is a young guy compared to me. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, that's it for family and education. Um so are you involved in the community? I mean, it, uh, I was just talking to you previously, and uh, you mentioned that you're running a golf tournament. Yeah, that's one of my hobbies. I love golf in the winter, t- in the summertime. Uh, got my daughter into it. Um, my my ex fiance got her into it. So as a family, we, you know, still to this day, we continue going golfing together. And um, I try to get my daughter going. I told her in, in two years we're gonna. We're gonna we're trying out for indigenous games, so we're trying to we're getting her more out on the course and working her game a little bit. And I'm on the league um, on uh, Monday, so tomorrow is actually fun night, so that should be fun. <laughs> but you know, doing it from April until September, you know, it kind of burns me out. You know, at the end of the year, it's kind of just nice to just relax and have my Mondays back to myself. You know. So, so this um, this tournament, you uh, you organized it and ran it, or is that is it something you guys do annually? Or no, I uh, it's part of the uh, kind of my home course. I'm not a member at 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 this course, but that's pretty much where we play. It's a lot of people say it's cheap to play golf around here, so inexpensive, inexpensive. A, yeah, <laughs> and, and, you know, so it's a local tournament. All all the players in Wisconsin Rapids area they. They come and play. It's individual. It's not team. And uh, yeah, you, you play two days. The first day you get flighted, and uh, and then the second day, you know, after you're flighted, determines on where you where you where you land. So did you for end up walking away with the trophy? First thing I did not. I was at the bottom of of my flight, so I had a <laughs> lot of ground to make up, and I and I just folded. I just couldn't do it. Well, let's get uh, get a little serious here. Um, you're running for uh, the vacated seat. Um, what exactly? What are you passionate about uh, with with the nation? What what uh, motivates you to ru- to run for this office? Um, a lot of people actually encourage me to run for it. You know, as they have in the past couple of years, and you know, at first I was kind of like joking about it, and then. Uh, Two years ago, I gave I gave a run at it, but I really didn't try that hard to put it. I just put my name out there, and, and you know, surprisingly, I got you know some votes. You know, and I was like, well, maybe I can do it. So this last time, I uh, 
they, they're asking me again, and you know, I was like, oh, I'm not really feeling it. I don't know. So, so I, I didn't do it. And then uh, this seat opened up, and you know, my 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 messages started getting blown up. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'll I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna try harder this time to run to actually make a run for it this time. You know, so um, I'm I want the tribe to to move forward. You know. To, to uh for the betterment of the tribe you know i feel that i have um the willingness to stand up for what's right um i'm i'm not the type of person that's going to going to do one thing while i intend to do another and then if it you know if i get in i'm not going to do either of those things you know and just kind of just sit there and collect a paycheck you know i, I want to do some something positive i want to do you know the right thing you know, and, I, and I feel that's what a strong leader should should be able to do. Do you kind of like, um, do you want to listen to your constituents more and uh, see what they want you to do? Or are you somebody who has your own ideas and you're just kind of going to drag them along with you? No, I I feel that um, you should listen to what they what they have to say. You know, um, you know it, where I'm at now, I, I work security and, and that that's my focus you know is, is work and security you know so um unfortunately i, I work swing so I, I don't get a lot of opportunities to go to like area meets and, and see what's going on out there um but i think that's a, a major responsibility as a legislator is to is to listen to people and you know try to help them out in any way possible you know so you um uh... You're going to be running in a huge area geographically. Um, are you up for that challenge? I mean, a lot of the meetings are virtual, I, I, I think, still. But a lot of them you still got to kind of show your face. Is that something you're um, all jacked up, up, excited about? Yeah, definitely. Meeting the people, you know, I have no problem with that. I'm, I'm a people person. Uh, like I said, I think that's the responsibility as a legislator is to go out there. And I... and. I would prefer to actually go there and meet, you know, and go to community building and sit there and whoever comes in, comes in, or, you know, whoever can virtually is fine, you know, but I would prefer to, to go in person versus virtually. Coming in, um, like you're, you're going to do if, if you are elected, um, you're going to have to hit the crown. You're going to have to hit the ground running. Um, are you prepared for the amount of um, work? I mean, cause you're going to be, I'm pretty sure you're going to be knee deep in work, and then as soon as you get there, you got uh, you know you're going to be thrown into meetings and that type of thing. Um, how fast do you think it's going to take you to catch up and uh, get up to speed with everybody? I think the the group of legislators in there right now, I think would be would be a great help to help me ca- to catch up on things. I feel that there's going to be tons of reading, you know, and I'm I'm prepared to do a lot of reading, um, and you know, doing that is. Uh, reading and and then and then making informed decisions on on what i'm reading if i don't know i i feel that i can ask them and and they'll fill me in on, on what i need to learn until i'm fully caught up on everything you know that's that's how i see it happening if i were to you know get the the position you're um one of the things you just mentioned is that you the betterment for the nation um what do you see needs to be adjusted? What needs to be moved forward? Um, 
business, language, um, health, housing. What um, what do you see as something that needs to be looked at? You know, I think all areas can be improved. It's not like when 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 somebody's you know running for these things, they're I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Uh, I think all areas could use improvement. Um, I would like to, you know, go to area meetings or just go to these other areas and see where each area probably needs help. Because I'm sure each area has different problems. Um, Housing, I'm sure there's, you know, vacant housings, what needs to be done, what needs to be fixed for housing. Um, Any assistance in housing, uh, I'm sure there's probably a homeless uh, situation um health wise you know um eating healthy diabetes uh, unfortunately there's uh drug problems um well you mentioned those. that uh, drug problems how do you perceive that in the nation is that something that needs to be seriously addressed is that something that needs to be you know left to the state and the counties how do you see I it think, within a nation? I th- I think it's it's a it's a worldwide problem. So it's it not only uh, state and local; it's it's tribal as well. Unfortunately, you know, uh, we all know that, that addiction is bad, but you know, we can only each person can only go so far. You can't help that those that you know that don't want to be helped. Um, as, as, as bad as that is but to let those people know hey there are things that could be done there are programs there are people out there that can help you uh, i think that that goes a long way as well but yeah i think uh drugs are a, a major issue in, in all communities you work for the nation right now so in terms of um, pay and some of the uh, benefits um you are first. You have firsthand knowledge of that. Do you think that could be addressed and better handled, or is something that? Um, how would you address that? Let's just leave it there. You know, that's that's one of the things that 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 I've been going around telling people is I want to support the Ho Chunk Nation being competitive in the job market again. Uh, I feel that it wasn't too long ago that people wanted to come to the Ho Chunk Nation for the wages, for the benefits, you know. Um, And, you know, off the top of my head, it's, it's, I can't really tell you how to do it, um, but I know it does need to be addressed because it's not just, you know, people need to understand that it's um, wage, it's insurances, it's, you know, PTOs, you know, getting the word out there um, that the Ho-Chunk Nation is a great place to work at. Um, yeah, and I'm, and I'm willing to support any, you know, um, I don't know what to say. Any, any initiative that will help the uh, the workers um, try to and be competitive in the markets. It's because, I mean, it seems like we have, we're, up against so many of the other casinos, and then if um, Beloit goes through, 
We have Rockford down the road, Madison up the road. Um, so there's a lot to be considered there in, in terms of uh, these casinos. Um, have you thought about Beloit? Yeah. Yeah, I have. Um, I think that so much work has been put in trying to to get that, um, that I think it has to be followed through on, whether whether uh, people's opinions, you know, differ from side to side. There's so much time and money spent on, on that. Um, if it's done right, you know, I, th- I think it could be, you know, a very profitable situation there, you know, but, you know, it's, you gotta, you gotta get the right people in there that know how to do that, um, how to handle uh, a brand new casino like that, especially a competitive uh, location that it's going to be at. Uh, it can, it can, it could be something big. We have um, an opportunity right now to, um, uh, like t- team up with uh, the uh, Michigan uh, tribes to go into um, what is that Southland for a um, dispensary, marijuana dispensary. Um, is that something that you support? Is that something that you'd like to look at? Is that something that uh, you think the nation would um, benefit from? I feel that Wisconsin's on an island. Michigan, Minnesota, Illinois are all legal, not federally, but legal um, cannabis states. I think eventually Wisconsin will be as well. I feel that that the nation should uh, at least look into, if they haven't already, uh, planning on, hey, this, this is going to happen. Maybe we should set something up or, you know, get in touch with the right people. And I you know, and I think I believe some of the legislators even went to like um, conferences on on this. So I think that the tribe is looking into that. Um, if the Southland was was to do that, you know, it would be a good testing area. You know, and how it is. Um, they these states are seem like they're making tons of money on 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 taxes for you know, making money on this. Uh, I would like to, I think that, I think it's the Red Lake tribe in Minnesota. They're like the only ones in Minnesota that can sell it right now. I don't know how they're doing, if it's if it's going well for them or not, but, you know, it's it's it's, it's definitely worth looking into. I'm, I'm personally not opposed to it. And I, and I believe in Willing Thunder, they have like a, a hemp farm there. So may, maybe the tribe is looking into it. I just, I don't know. But I think it's, I think the tribe really should, something that they should really look into getting into. I noticed uh, I was uh, creeping on your uh, Facebook page and one of the, uh, somebody commented that they were uh, interested in uh, sports betting. Um, is that something you'd be interested in bringing to the nation or is that something that um, you'd like to wait on? Do you have any opinions on that? You know, I don't know really much about sports betting. You know, I uh, I think Oneida does it, but I'm not really sure. Maybe uh, Oneida, maybe Milwaukee, but yeah, I, I I haven't really looked into something like that, so I have no idea. What about? Um, let me ask you one more thing. Um, Twelve clans. 
Um, what do you feel about giving them? Because they're asking, they have a capital call right now with the nation, and the legislature is debating whether they should give them money for some of their projects. Um, some of the projects, you know, the uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, the highway right in front of the casino. They want to develop that. Um, they have numerous projects. Um, the Madison uh, campus, I'd like to work on developing that. Um, are you in favor of giving 12 clans an opportunity to kind of fly on their own? Or do you think the nation should uh, keep uh, a lot of the businesses in-house and so that the um, legislature are more or less going to be operating these instead of having a outside entity like 12 clans operated i think in the long run i think 12 clans is a good idea um diversifying our our funds is is one way you know in the long run short term yeah we're not going to see anything now but i think in the long run investing is always a positive thing so yeah i don't know how much they're asking for i i don't know i mean but I'm not opposed to the, the the nation diversifying their the economy, and that's actually one of the things I actually that I did. Uh, you support? Yeah. No, that's that's yeah, that's definitely an idea that needs to be pursued. Um, well, I don't want to tie you up, but let me uh, let me give you the floor here. Um, you know, as long as you want, uh, whatever you have to say, uh, talk to whoever you want to talk to. Um, sell whatever you want to sell, but um, the floor is yours for the next couple minutes. Um, let's have your uh, campaign pitch. Um, I I am in uh, support for preservation of language and cultural programs that we have. I feel that we we cannot lose who we are uh, as Ho Chunk people. I think language is a strong identity of the, of the Ho-Chunk Nation. Uh, we are the people of the big voice. I support, the, like I said, the Ho-Chunk being competitive in the job market. Um, this is after COVID, we lost people to Walmart. We lost people to Quick Trip. We lost people to Amazon. You know, want to get those people back. Um, support in diversifying our economy. Like I said, there's other business things, solar, um, not just gaming, cannabis, like I said before, I'm interested in that. And a lot of the communities, it seems like they've been interested in that from the past general councils um, and support elder youth and disabled programs. You know, the youth of their future, the elders paved the way and helping any disabled people, you know, they, they're struggling just like anybody else, you know. So those are the things, the main key things that I'm, uh, that I'm focused on. Uh, you know, and I'm always interested to listen to any other ideas anybody else has, you know. So I would appreciate uh, if, if you, know, you like what I say or, or if you have anything to say to me, you can reach out to me on Facebook. Um, I plan on putting out, you know, kind of like a pretty much what I said, like a little poster type thing on Facebook. But, you know, um yeah, reach out to me. Come here. Before I let you go, um, let me ask you something. One of the things that uh, 
I saw that was becoming more prevalent is the use of uh, YouTube videos, uh, you, I mean, uh, Facebook Reels, to um, get messages out to let people know who you are. Are you thinking about doing something like that? I've, you know, that's never even crossed my mind, but that's an excellent idea. I would have to figure out how to do it, but yeah. But I'm not into like TikTok or anything like that. I don't do it, those type of things, but you know, it's, hey, there's always, I could always learn it. <laughs> yes, you could. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Uh, good luck in the upcoming election. And uh, don't forget, you, your nomination papers got to be in pretty darn quick. Yeah, tomorrow, actually, I'm turning that in. <laughs> <laughs> good job. Good job. All right. Thank you very much for your time, sir. Thank you. A kitty weed a high paint. I was reading The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg, and I came across something that I found extremely interesting. In October of 1987, investors and stock analysts gathered in New York City to meet the new CEO of the Aluminum Company of America, or Alcoa. The new CEO would be a former government bureaucrat named Paul O'Neill. A few minutes before noon, O'Neill took the stage. He was 51 years old, trim, and dressed in gray pinstripes and a red power tie. His hair was white and his posture military straight. He bounced up the steps and smiled warmly. He looked dignified, solid, confident, like a chief executive. Then he opened his mouth. I want to talk to you about worker safety, he said. Every year, numerous Alcoa workers are injured so badly that they miss days of work. Our safety record is better than the general American workforce, especially considering that our employees work with metals that are 1,500 degrees and machines that can rip a man's arm off. But it's not good enough. I intend to make Alcoa the safest company in America. I intend to go for zero industries. Injuries. The audience was confused. These meetings usually followed a predictable script. A new CEO would start with an introduction, make a faux self-deprecating joke, something about how he had uh, slept his way through his classes at Harvard Business School, then promise to boost profits and lower costs. Next would come an excoriation of taxes, business regulations, and sometimes with a fervor that suggested first-hand experience in the divorce court, lawyers. Finally, the speech would end with a blizzard of buzzwords, synergy, right-sizing, and cooperation, at which point everyone could return to their offices, reassured that capitalism was safe for another day. O'Neill hadn't said anything about profits. He didn't mention taxes. There was no talk of using alignment to achieve a win-win synergistic, synergistic market advantage. For all anyone in the audience knew, given his talk of worker safety, O'Neill might be pro-regulation, or worse, a Democrat. It was a terrifying prospect. Now, before I go any further, O'Neill said, I want to point out the safety exits in this room. He gestured to the rear of the ballroom. There was a couple of doors in the back, and in the unlikely event of a fire or other emergency, you should calmly walk out, go down the stairs to the lobby, and leave the building. Silence. The only noise was the hum of traffic through the windows. Safety? Fire exits? Was this a joke? 
One investor in the audience knew that O'Neill had been in Washington, D.C. during the 60s. Guy must have done a lot of drugs, he thought. Eventually, someone raised a hand and asked about inventories in the aerospace division. Another asked about the company's capital ratios. I'm not certain you heard me, O'Neill said. If you want to understand how Alcoa is doing, you need to look at our workplace safety figures. If we bring our injury rates down, it won't be because of cheerleading or the nonsense you sometimes hear from other CEOs. It will be because the individuals at this company have agreed to become part of something important. They've devoted themselves to creating a habit of excellence. Safety will be an indicator that we're making progress in changing our habits across the entire institution. That's how we should be judged. The investors in the room almost stampeded out the door when the presentation ended. One jogged to the lobby, found a payphone, and called his 20 largest clients. I said, the board put a crazy hippie in charge and he's going to kill the company, the investor told me. I ordered them to sell their stock immediately before everyone else in the room started calling their clients and telling them the same thing. It was literally the worst piece of advice I gave in my entire career. Within a year of O'Neill's speech, Alcoa's profits would hit a record high. By the time O'Neill retired in 2000, the company's annual net income was five times larger than before he arrived and its market capitalization had risen by $27 billion. I'm not sure what that would be in today's adjusted dollars, but I'm pretty sure it would be enormous. Someone who invested a million dollars in Alcoa on the day O'Neill was hired would have earned another million dollars in dividends. A million dollars in dividends? While he headed the company, and the value of their stock would be five times bigger when he left. Hmm, nice story. What's that mean to me, you ask? Well, it was about changing the corporate philosophy. It was about changing old habits and creating new ones. And it starts at the top and trickles down to the rank and file. For close to three years now, I've been on and on about separating business from government. And it's quite obvious that our legislature has no inclination to do so. They are quite happy for the nation to operate within this malaise that they feel comfortable operating in. I'm not going to lie and tell you I've heard President Greendeer speak at any of his recent public appearances, so I truly don't know what he considers important for the nation. But I have seen an uptick in a Ho-Chunk language being promoted in the Wodok and a Ho-Chunk language making positive announcements on social media. And I think President Greendeer is behind the language revitalization 100%. Perhaps the Ho-Chunk Nation could, should make an announcement that we're going to make speaking, reading, and writing the Ho-Chunk language the number one goal of the nation. Why? The nation has so many other problems that focusing on our language entirely seems silly right now. Our casinos, housing, elders, healthcare, children, workers, our workers' pay, our businesses, throw in climate change and how NGOs and corporations assign us as stewards of the land when they simply want to take advantage of our cultural identity and forward their own identities, agendas. Why focus on a Ho-Chunk language? A, number one, because it's a rallying point. It's something that every one of us can support unequivocally and without prejudice. Every one of us has a relative that we know who speaks or spoke Ho-Chunk. No matter where in the world we live or lived, at some point in our life, we are all exposed to our language. 
Paul O'Neill changed the entire corporate landscape by focusing on safety, on one thing. How did that happen? Because he made it his mission to focus on that one goal. He made everyone conscious of that goal and how everyone was going to work on that one goal for the betterment of the corporation. And there would be repercussions to those that didn't buy in and tow the company line. What happens if our entire nation took it as a challenge to learn the Ho-Chunk language? We have two strong language programs when it comes to the Ho-Chunk language. We have the Ho-Chunk Wazijahatshi language program, highlighted by the Ho-Chunk Academy. And there was Ho-Chunk Renaissance from the Nebraska Ho-Chunks. I constantly share videos on YouTube for individual Ho-Chunks from these two language programs. I constantly ask individuals to create and share Ho-Chunk language videos or create Ho-Chunk podcasts. One of the greatest things was when Huachade did his Facebook weather reports. Shung-Chunk Sky and John Lee participated and created content. Ho-Chunk podcasts by Huachade and John Lee on Spotify are really good and interesting. Now, we have Hinuksku and her Wazi Nainawa on YouTube. We can't rely on our government to do these things for us. Everyone has to participate and everyone has to share their knowledge. We have our language being taught in public schools and college. Maybe people from these institutions could share their knowledge on the internet. Articles and stories in the Wodak would be nice. They used to do that years ago. When we make speaking Ho-Chunk a number one priority, we can measure our success by how many people are speaking Ho-Chunk in the halls of the tribal office building, in the courts, in schools, at powwows. Now, what would happen if we all made that commitment? Would our nation change? Would our thinking about what's important change? I don't know. Probably not. But like our president said, and many others have also said, if you want to learn how to speak Ho-Chunk, it'll take a long time. But remember, it's never about crossing the finish line. It's about the journey. The people meet, the adventures you have. Learning the Ho-Chunk language darn sure would make us all friends. I mean, darn sure wouldn't make us all friends. It wouldn't convince the legislature to relinquish control of business and cede control to 12 clans. No, that's not going to happen. We're human beings first, but our language would bind us all as (coughs) Ho-Chunks. It would be us against the world. Perhaps it would make it easier to relate to one another if we were all in the same boat. I've championed two causes on this podcast, the whole chunk language and a separation of business from government. Personally, I have not succeeded in either arena, but I think it's something that I can devote myself to and just keep chipping away. I told that story about Paul O'Neill because it shows what happens when you have strong leadership and the people in that organization buy into what their leadership has to sell. Changing our habits and changing what we consider to be of the utmost importance to us individually as Ho-Chunks and our nation should be our number one goal. Ho-Chunk wheat eda hi wara pin wina. Hamboka hi hikichka wigiji. Hanach pin nara ji wina. Jige honey chao wigi. Hirakikara un wianjai.